Hello, and welcome to Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, and today we're joined by my co-host. Hello, uh, my name is David Berman. Um, I am the Daily Nebraskans co-editor of our COVID-19 section. We've been putting out a lot of good COVID-19 related coverage last semester and this semester for as long as this pandemic exists. And yeah, usually we're, we're joined by Mia Everding as well, but she's feeling a little under the weather, so she's, she's off this week. Um, and yeah, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz. I mainly write movie reviews for the DN and host this podcast, and that's about it. Um, so yeah, we'll just jump right into it with our first segment, which is What Have I Done? What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? And what have I done is a segment where we just talk about what we've been up to for the last week or so, whatever we've been watching that we, we kind of want to talk about. Um, so I'll actually go first here. Uh, oh, whoa. I usually throw it to David That's, first, but we're spicing it up this I'm, week. My, my entire podcast mojo has been thrown off. <laughs> um, so I, for a class, uh, for my like uh, English capstone class that I'm taking this semester, uh, we watched a film called She's the Man, uh, which is kind of like... Uh, rom-com type thing from 20, 2006, I believe. It's an adaptation, like a very loose adaptation of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Um, and yeah, the basic premise of the movie is uh, there's this girl who uh, I believe is played by Amanda Bine. Um, and she, like, she plays soccer at her school. Uh, the soccer team gets cut, so she tries to join the boys team. And they're all like, ha, 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 ha. You can't join the boys team. You're a girl. And so she uh, transfers to, well, she goes to another school where her brother goes to school. And her brother just so uh, conveniently happens to have ran away to London for two weeks with his band. Um, So she goes there and basically just like dresses up as her brother and pretends to be a boy the whole time so she can join their soccer team and play against her school and beat their soccer team. So she can be like, ha. I am good at soccer, uh, and this is how I'm going to show you. And it's a bunch of teenage drama with that. It's a very, it's a very 2000s movie. Um, <laughs> the acting all kind of feels like it's from a Disney Channel original movie. Um, and there's so many pop punk songs in the soundtrack. Like it's near constant. Um, and Channing Tatum isn't is in this movie. He plays kind of like the main romantic interest to the main character. I think her name is Viola. Um, but yeah, it was a really, it was a really weird movie and I think it was pretty bad. I, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, it seemed like a lot of the people in my class enjoyed it. So I'm glad, I'm glad that they, they did. Um, but they're wrong. Yeah. And Kai would uh, like them to it was, know that. It was a bad movie. Um, and that's, a, that's about all I have to say about it. Like it just kind of came and went and I was like, that kind of was just a very, just low effort 2000s rom-com type thing it kind of had like an american pie type vibe to it like it was kind of that sense of humor except it was rated pg-13 um so yeah i'm sure i'm sure there is an audience for this but it's not me (laughs) so you watched it in your this class because it is like a loose adaptation of the shakespeare play yes okay we watched it because yeah it's a loose adaptation of twelfth night um which i so my mom's an English teacher, um, so I was was inundated with Shakespeare a lot growing up. But I've never really been in that into Shakespeare. It's just not for me. Like I appreciate wow. I appreciate the art of it and I appreciate the like historic and cultural significance of it. But like the actual like 
sitting down and reading these stories, it's just, it's not, I'm not big on it. Um, and so I haven't read Twelfth Night. I had never heard of Twelfth Night prior to this movie. So this, nope. so <laughs> I don't know what uh, that is. She's the Man is my first uh, kind of uh, experience with this, I guess, classic Shakespeare play um, that I guess has like a very similar premise to this, except it's just not a soccer team. Um, <laughs> that would be very funny <laughs> if it was a soccer team. <laughs> if um, Shakespeare was like, and Doth wanted to joineth the soccer team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my, my professor, uh, her name's Dr. Stage. She said that like she purposely, cause we're watching like the film adaptation of 12th night later this week. And she purposely had us watch. She's the man first because she figured that, uh, some people in the class, this would be their first kind of introduction to this. And so she kind of wanted to do a little social experiment and see like how, like, how I guess like how we would react to that and just like being introduced to a Shakespeare play through this fashion. Cause we're talking a lot about adaptation right now. Nice. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Um, again, the movie wasn't very good, but I get the point. I get the point of, of what we're doing in the course right now. So I'm excited about that. Very nice. But yeah. So moving on to you, David, what, what have you been watching? Yeah. So I think like, like you and like many other people, I have been watching WandaVision. Um, did we talk about it on the show? I think the first episode, I think two weeks ago we had seen, maybe? I don't know. I don't think we watched, well, maybe. No, I think we did, because that was January 15th or something. Yeah, I think, I so think, we might have talked about it I th- briefly. I think we had. Um, but yeah, I with the first two episodes, I was like pretty into them. Um, but I... I wasn't, like, super drawn into it. Uh, it very much was just, you know, they're in a TV show. It's the 50s and the 60s. They're doing bad, dumb sitcom jokes. Um, and, I, and I think going in, I was like, yeah, I know, what this, I, I know what it is. Like, I was expecting that, so I wasn't, like, super excited by it. But the third and fourth episodes definitely kicked it up a notch, and I'm very, very much enjoying the show now, um, especially the fourth episode, which pretty much just, like, drops the the sitcom thing for one episode and you kind of see like what's been happening on the outside over the course of these first three episodes um and yeah um that yeah fourth episode was really good brought um like three uh characters from um, other marvel movies back in which i thought was really fun um and yeah i i'm very intrigued about where this is going um it seems i I guess it's like mild spoilers if you haven't seen this but like yeah it it seems like they're kind of setting it up that wanda might be like the villain of this i still think that there's some sort of outside force doing this to her or manipulating her in some way um but yeah it's it's really good and yeah i'm excited for them to continue moving through the decades um but i'm sure it'll be I'm, I'm sure it'll be less of them, like, just from the sitcom perspective, and I, I kind of think it'll just be them, like, cutting back and forth between. It's the sitcom, and it's stuff on the outside, and they're trying to figure out what's happening. So what have you thought of WandaVision? Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed the first two episodes. I thought the sitcom atmosphere was a lot of fun, but I do understand, like, the kind of, like, complaint that a lot of people have had that it just didn't really do much. Um, but episodes three and four definitely picked it up a notch. Um uh, because episode three, I thought, did a really good job of like kind of painting a picture that there is something wrong here. Like, 
whatever whatever it is Wanda and Vision are, are going through or whatever this world is, like it's not going to end well. Like there's just a lot of like little things that go wrong. Um, and I think it's really interesting how, um, again, I guess spoilers a bit for this, nothing too crazy, but like when something goes wrong or when something happens that Wanda doesn't like, how she just like edits it back. Like she cuts back in time and like just kind of re like redoes that scene, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, but then, yeah, episode four, as you mentioned, kind of steps outside of that sitcom and just kind of shows us what's been happening kind of in the meantime. Because, uh, like, there's been hints that uh, there was a lot going on outside of this reality, and episode four kind of gave that to us and, and like, got us caught up on all of that. Uh, and I thought that tied in really well. Um, as you mentioned, there's a few Marvel characters that show up again, and it, it was really good to see those characters back. Um, and there's some, like, little... Sorry, excuse my excuse my massive <laughs> voice crack. Um, but yeah, there's some like little uh, like subtle bits of character growth uh, for each of them, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and man, that opening scene, how good was that? <sighs> that was so good. Yeah, because it was again without spoiling it, I guess uh, it starts and you're not entirely sure what's happening, and then just like as it continues, it like suddenly like you realize what what you're witnessing. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it was fantastic. Um, and yeah, just episode four as a whole was probably the best of the series so far. gets me very excited to see what they do with the last five episodes of this show. It's still like a lot. Yeah. We're technically not even halfway done with this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how this show continues. And I think if it continues on the trajectory it's on, this could be like top tier Marvel content. I think. Definitely. Um, I agree. But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on WandaVision. Woo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on from there, I guess we'll just jump into our news for the week, uh, starting with some comic book things. Uh, there's not a lot to talk about here, but we got an official release date for Zack Snyder's uh, version of Justice League. It's coming March 18th. Uh, so soon. Yeah, I have to prepare myself for this probably bad movie to come out. <laughs> this four-hour movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I hate it. I really hate it. And there was some like drama involving uh, when this movie was coming out, because Reports were going around that this was slated for March 25th uh, or 24th or something. Uh, and then Godzilla vs. Kong got moved to that date. Um, and supposedly there was a lot of behind-the-scenes drama with that that ultimately remo- uh, re- <laughs> has resulted in neither of those films staying on that date. Godzilla nice. vs. Kong got delayed a week and Justice League moved up a week, um, which I just think is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, also, this is dropping uh, the day before the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so let's hope that Marvel can, can stay relevant in that conversation. Cause I'm sure about, like, I'm yeah. very excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but if it's anything like WandaVision, then the first episode maybe will be a little slow. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, it is going to get demolished by the, by Zack Snyder's Justice League. Definitely. Like no matter what the quality of this is, people are going to be talking about it. Yeah. And um, it's drawing from the exact same audience who, you know, if you're watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you're probably going to sit down and watch at least some of Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of way back in the day when uh, Batman vs. Superman and Civil War were both oh, announced, yeah. and yeah. they were both on the same release date, and they were just, like, playing chicken with one another. And then Batman vs. Superman ended up moving up by, like, a month and a half, um, like six months ahead of time or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I guess it kind of just reminds me of that. But I guess to a lesser degree, since they're both going to TV. Yep. But yeah, uh, it's, it's happening. It's coming soon. I'm 
glad to get, I'll be happy to get it over with. Yeah, Zack Snyder's really, really teasing this thing. Like, he posted something about Martian Manhunter the other day mm-hmm. on Twitter, and he posted a, a screen cap today that teased Jared Leto's, Jared Leto's Joker, um, who I guess has had a bit of a redesign. Um, you can't really see him. Like, it's blurry, and you kind of just, like, see it, like the Joker cards he's holding up with, like, a blurry uh, image of him in the background. But, like, he looks a lot like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Yeah. At least from that it just looks like they just made his hair longer and maybe he doesn't have the tattoos anymore because I couldn't, like, make them out on his face. I don't know, man. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see, like, how similar this version of the Joker is to the, the Joker that showed up in David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's definitely, like, continuity-wise, the same version of the character. But is it really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, he tweeted it with, like, what a character, what a performance. And I was like, all right, man. Like, like I guess. Like, he, he was just the Joker. He was just, like, the worst version of the Joker that we've yeah. seen so far. He was, like, the, he was like uh, a cartoon version of the Joker in not a good way mixed with, like, Jim Carrey in the mask. Yep. And, yeah, wasn't great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, moving on from that, uh, we got the news today that uh, another – uh, Marvel series is coming to Disney Plus, and this series is a Wakanda-based series coming from Ryan Coogler. Um, there's like no details on it, other than yeah, it's Wakanda, and it's from Ryan Coogler. I assume it's a live-action series, um, and I assume it'll just kind of focus on supporting characters from Black Panther. So whether that be the the Dora Milaje or whatever characters they decide to focus on, uh, I think this is really interesting. I think this is a really good idea because obviously people love Wakanda, people love just like the Black Panther um, mythos and everything. Um, so I don't see, yeah, I don't see any negatives to this, I think. And the fact that it's coming from Ryan Coogler as well is, is encouraging. So what do, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think, you know, with the success of Black Panther, I think this makes a lot of sense. Um, I really like the uh, everything that they did in that universe. Um, it's sad to see it kind of moved forward without Chadwick Boseman. Like that's just kind of like a reminder of that. And that's, that's really sad, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll honor him with the stuff that they continue to do. Um, and yeah, I think there are a lot of different corners to explore of that specific, um, universe. So, yeah. Um, moving on from there, uh, during an interview this week, uh, Edgar Wright s- said that he has finished a script for a sequel to baby driver. Um, and I love Baby Driver. I think Baby Driver is uh, probably one of the most like fun and entertaining entertaining films of the past few years. Um, but that said, I don't really want a sequel to Baby Driver. And also, like the two main <laughs> yeah. leads in Baby Driver were uh, Ansel Elgort and why am I Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, both of which have kind of become problematic. Granted, they killed Kevin Spacey off. Spoiler alert yeah. for Baby Driver. But, Good. like, you can't really have a Baby Driver sequel without Ansel El- Elgort. And I yeah. don't know how I feel about that. Like, I think <clears throat> if they, like, hadn't killed Kevin Spacey's character, either way, absolutely cannot and should not and would not bring him back. I think, like, the stuff with Ansel Elgort without, like, getting into it at all, it's, like, a little bit more ambiguous and a little bit more, like, not, not that it's been, like, swept under the rug or it is, like, less of a of an important and like very not good thing that he did but it's not necessarily like a career ending yeah 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 yeah. um 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I too, I love that movie. It's not been like ruined for me by like those two dudes just being terrible men. <laughs> but like, yeah. it's it's definitely like, uh, like if I if I'm gonna go back and rewatch it, I'm just gonna be like, this sucks, kind of. <laughs> but so yeah, I I have mixed feelings about this. I would have had mixed feelings about this either way. I think I would probably lean toward just like leaving it alone. We don't need more of this for many reasons. But hey, I mean, maybe it's there's a different guy named Baby who's a driver. <laughs> maybe there's just another one or something. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think, and I, I trust Edgar Wright to have enough ideas in the well to, to make it solid, so. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, this is this is Edgar Wright we're talking about, and Edgar Wright is obviously a fantastic director and screenwriter. So I feel like if, you, if anyone could figure this out, it'd be him. Yep. So that's encouraging. Also, uh, the, the one little bit of input we'll have from Mia this week is the the comment that she left uh, on the on our doc here earlier in the day when I put this news this news on here, and that just says, boo. Because she does not like Baby Driver, and yeah. we think she's dumb for that. Yeah. So you hear that, Mia? You're dumb. <laughs> Baby Driver is better. Baby than, Driver is good. Is better than Drive. Yeah, it's, is our gen- it's way better. Yeah, way better. Is the the general disagreement we have with Mia here. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, I guess moving on from there, we got the news that Luke Evans is going to be playing the villain in Disney's live action Pinocchio. Um. I believe this is the Pinocchio that's directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Tom Hanks, uh, as Geppetto. Um, Isn't there a different Pinocchio movie that's maybe being made too? I think there was a different Pinocchio movie that like came out like oh, within the past yes. month or so yeah or something i don't know um but yeah i don't have much to say about this other than i think it's kind of funny that this is the second live action remake of an animated movie that luke evans is playing the villain in for disney um obviously luke evans was great as gaston uh in the live action beauty and the beast so i have no reason to believe he wouldn't be great in this i just think that's kind of funny yeah who is the villain in pinocchio I'm is it the not Fox? sure Apparently, there is a character named Stromboli. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I remember, I the, I remember there's, like, the evil fox with the top hat that's trying to make him be bad. Yeah. So maybe he'll... I hope he's not, like, a weird fox, <laughs> like, anthropomorphic man. Yeah. I hope it's not that. I hope he is instead this uh, man named Stromboli who has a big mustache and beard. And I feel like that probably would be who he is anyway. So yeah. I hope he's not a, a fox yeah that's that's my i idea. hope he is a fox and it's done in the same way that they did the characters in cats good god <laughs> um yeah i guess moving on from there uh we got the news that spy kids is back Woo! Uh, robert zemeckis is going to be returning to write and direct uh, robert zemeckis robert rodriguez i was like whoa <laughs> yeah they got robert zemeckis to do spy kids can yep. you imagine that'd be good that would be like good that yeah. would be like legitimately good and not like bad good that spy kids is yeah um but yeah robert rodriguez is returning to write and direct this uh i don't remember what studio it is but apparently it's just a relaunching of spy kids so i don't think it's like a a, like a reboot or anything i think it'll be entirely new characters just under the spy kids brand so i assume kind of like the way we can be heroes is for shark boy and lava girl um yeah yeah What what do you what do you think about this dave um well, I, last time on the podcast, I talked about how much I disliked We Can Be Heroes. I mean, you're not going to, like, disgrace the legacy of Spy Kids if you make another one. <laughs> so, like, sure, do it. 
it'll be bad, but it'll be hopefully it'll be fun bad instead of bad bad. Did you ever see the fourth Spy Kids? I did not. Spy Kids 4D. Yeah, I never I never saw it either. All I remember about that movie is that like they had like a scratch and sniff thing for the, like to be in the theater with like yep. and that was their fourth dimension or something. Yeah. Uh, was that like the only besides like shows at aquariums and amusement parks? Is that like the only like feature film to be released as like quote unquote 4D? Cuz I don't think there's like anything else that i remember that was like in 4d i think yeah, they just I, killed it i think, I think they were right. like this sucks and <laughs> no one wants what this. even is 4d like it's, i i think yeah it can be a scratch and sniff it can be like somebody there's wind on screen and then you feel the wind <laughs> or like uh there's a show that like really scared me at disney world there's like a bug's life show and it's like you feel the ants on your feet and i was like no no thanks <laughs> i do not want this so but yeah you, you can't do that in like you can't install that in like every theater in america so yeah this new spike kids better be 5d <laughs> be 5d <laughs> it's just like you just get sucked into a different dimension yes yeah, it's, it's virtual reality is yeah. what it is yeah that'd be good yeah i'd watch spy kids virtual reality the funny thing is like i i feel like that's not off the table for this franchise like i feel like robert rodriguez is crazy enough to do something like that absolutely and i hope he does <laughs> um yeah moving on from there uh just this morning, we got the news that John M. Chu, uh, the director of Crazy Rich Asians and the upcoming In the Heights, is going to be directing a, a live-action movie of Wicked. Um, this is a movie that has been a long time coming. I remember that like this has been announced in one form or another for like a decade now. Um, and, but now they actually have a director attached, and not only that, it's a great director. Um, John, uh, John M. Chu, I, yeah, big fan of his work, very excited to see what he does with In the Heights. Um, and Wicked is a Broadway musical I actually have seen. Um, nice. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Did, what were your thoughts on on Wicked? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I saw it like I actually saw it like on Broadway in New York, oh, like my sophomore junior year of high school, um, something like that. We went on like a school trip to to New York and Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I had a really good time with it, um, and I'm very curious to see how it translates to the big screen. Hopefully, it's not just like Oz the Great and Powerful. Which, I forgot about that movie until you just yeah, said that. Yeah, it's a bad movie. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, okay, by the time this comes out, it will be like probably like 20 years since that show debuted. I can't believe they haven't done this yet because I think, and I mean, I think the longer you go, the less likely it is to be successful because it's not like completely out of the public consciousness, but it was like almost Hamilton level of popular when it came out yeah. in 2003. And I think a like mid 2000s versions of version of wicked would probably have been bad cuz i think like the cgi would have been probably not great and just would have been bad 2000s musical action movie whatever garbage but like so i think it's good i think it can be really good now but yeah it it feels it is long overdue and i hope i hope it's good i don't really know I, I, I've talked about this with my sister. I feel like Ariana Grande is probably going to be Glinda or Alphaba because I think she could do either, and I think they're just going to do that. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. <laughs> like, I don't think they're going to cast some, like, Broadway person. They're going to – it'll be, like, Anne Hathaway and Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very curious to see, like, what direction uh, John M. Chu goes with this because, like, at least from the trailers we've seen for In the Heights, like, that – 
definitely feels like a stage show that's just like brought to yeah. brought to film. Um, so I'm curious if he does the same thing with this, like if it like feels like it's a like a like a musical like stage show, uh, or if he goes in more of like a theatrical direction with it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting because in a world where Oz the Great and Powerful doesn't exist, I'd just be like, hey, I think it would be interesting an Oz the Great and Powerful-esque type movie, but it has music in it. I think it'd be really cool, but like that movie's bad. And and I think it, I think it will have to be kind of a hybrid because if it's like the munchkins are dancing, I think that will not translate very well to film. Like I think like making it very musically will not look great, you know? Um, but yeah, I think you could do kind of more of like a, like it's a movie that just has music and obviously like it is a musical and the characters are singing and stuff, but it's not like here's a big show tune kind of thing. So do you remember who directed Awesome Great and Powerful? Is it Sam Raimi? It is Sam Raimi. Yep. Incredible. And I forgot like how good of a cast this thing has. <laughs> like Mila Kunis, James Franco, yeah, that movie Michelle just, Williams. That movie's just basically wicked, but it's told from the point of view of the wizard. Yeah. Like it's just the same. And it's Get pretty back yeah. Mila Kunis. Yeah, because what isn't it like she's the witch? Or yeah, something? she's the wicked witch of the West. Yeah, I remember she like transforms into being green in that movie, and it's not good. Yeah, yeah. What a movie! <laughs> it was really something. Yeah, it was very 2013. <laughs> That's very true. Yes, I remember being in junior high and being like, I hate this. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, then another movie sequel in the works. Uh, we're getting another Cloverfield movie uh this one actually being a direct sequel to the original cloverfield which there's like three or four cloverfield movies at this point but none of them are actual sequels to the original cloverfield like they're just kind of weird spin-offs or other films in that universe um and i actually haven't seen the original cloverfield but i've seen both 10 cloverfield lane and the cloverfield paradox 10 cloverfield lane is really good until like the last 15 20 minutes um and the cloverfield paradox is garbage uh it's not it's not good um do you remember like what they did for the marketing of that one yes they were like it's the super bowl and it's coming out tomorrow yeah well the, it went yeah. up immediately after the super oh yeah bowl. they're yeah. yeah they played like an announcement trailer at halftime or something and they're like streaming on netflix immediately after the super bowl and everyone's like what that's really cool and, and yeah it was bad. yeah i think that was the best marketing tactic they could have done for that movie because otherwise nobody would have cared yep um yeah i don't know i feel like nobody cares about cloverfield anymore why are you making another one of these yeah. it doesn't I just don't it never that. really was like any sort of big name franchise but i think they're like they're treating it like that and i think it's because it's JJ, it's JJ Abrams, right? Or yeah, like he's yeah. producing it. Yeah. yeah. So I think like that's why it keeps on happening because JJ Abrams is behind it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think the original Cloverfield was actually like directed by like Matt Reeves or something oh, like that. Interesting. I'll double check that, but I want to I want to say that that is the case. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's directed by Matt Reeves. So that's that's kind of cool. But yeah, so we'll we'll move on from there. Uh, got some some TV news. Uh, we got the report this last week that a Harry Potter TV series is in early development at HBO Max. Um, there's no word on what that series is going to be, so it might just be a general Wizarding World series that has nothing to do with like the actual character of Harry Potter. Or some people are speculating that it could be some sort of vague sequel to Harry Potter that you actually get like the actors and thing and the actors from the movies back for. I don't know how I would feel about that. Um, regardless, I think having a 
TV series set in this universe is a good idea, especially for HBO Max. Um, just because obviously Harry Potter and the Wizarding World is a very big brand that Fantastic Beasts hasn't entirely destroyed yet. Um, <laughs> yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it looks in two years' time. But yeah, so I'm excited for this. Uh, David, you're our resident Harry Potter uh what what was the what was the guru guru yes uh so how do you feel about this uh yeah cool man (laughs) (laughs) like i get like i guess i think i would rather see it not be about harry potter and the gang because like if you're gonna bring back daniel radcliffe and emma watson and rupert grint i don't think it would be for some hbo max tv show like I think you would have to do it for like a movie that will make two two billion dollars kind of thing, you know? Like I, I think I am convinced that eventually they're just gonna do a cursed child movie. They'll just give all like and I, I think all three of those actors have been like kind of like, yeah, we're probably just done with Harry Potter. But if you give them like thirty million dollars, they're doing it again. Like especially like Rupert Grint. Like, just back up a, a dump truck of money to their house yeah. and they'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I think uh, during our Harry Potter uh, series of episodes that we did, I talked about um, like a Marauder series. I think that would be really fun. Something about like old Hogwarts and what what what's going on there. I think like do a young Dumbledore series with Jude Law and have it tie into Fantastic Beasts because that's the only good thing about the Fantastic Beasts franchise is Jude Law's Dumbledore. So that would be cool. I don't think they're gonna do that, but yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely potential here. Um, we'll just see if they if they can capitalize on it. I doubt it because Harry Potter is bad now. So. <laughs> um, and then speaking of other shows at HBO Max, uh, HBO Max is de- currently developing uh, several new Game of Thrones series. Uh, obviously, there's the already announced uh, uh, House of the Dragon, which is like an H- uh, Game of Thrones prequel that focuses on like the Targaryen family and all their dragons, which was the best part of Game of Thrones, or one of the best parts about Game of Thrones. One of the things people loved the most about Game of Thrones was the dragons, so it makes sense to have a dragons show. Yep. Um, but yeah, so there's there's two new things that they're developing. One um, is based off of a, a book that George R. R. Martin wrote in this universe called The Tales of Duncan Egg, um, which kind of... I don't know much about the story. I know Egg is, like, short for Aegon, um, and he's, like, a kid, but, like, he is a kid that is going to eventually, like, be the king. Like, he's, like, the prince or something, um, and Dunk is, like, uh, like a knight named Duncan or something like that, um, that they go on some adventure across Westeros. Um, I don't know anything else about the story, but I think that could be interesting. Um, some of the best parts about Game of Thrones were, like, the moments in which they just, like, paired characters up and had them on an adventure one actually would be that was very similar to this uh, was when they paired up uh you you won't know these characters dave but like the, they paired up uh Arya stark and the hound um and they were kind of just like wandering through the the westeros wilderness for like a season and a half and that was some of the best stuff from the entire show um so if it's anything like that i'd be entirely down for that um, but then something I'm not super interested in is they're developing an animated series set in this universe. Um, the report said that like HBO Max was looking to do a Westeros or a Game of Thrones uh, style animated show, but that they were taking pitches for it. So they, they don't have an idea that they're looking for people uh, to do. They just want to do one and hopefully someone has a good idea. I'm not super interested in that. 
Although I have heard that there are some good like adult animation shows, like uh, fantasy animation shows on Netflix now. Um, I don't remember the names of any of, any of them. I think one of them is like Castlevania or something like that. So if it's something like that, I, I would be curious. Um, but it's not something I'm dying to see. I'm, I'm just hoping it's not like Game of Thrones for kids, which I don't think it would be. But I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, do you have any? Do you have any thoughts on? I know you haven't watched Game of Thrones, Dave. But do you have any thoughts on just them looking to do, uh, with both of these, a total of three new Game of Thrones shows? Yeah, it makes sense because when Game of Thrones was at its peak, it was like just the biggest thing in the world. I think if it had ended any different than it had in any sort of better way, I think we would have already gotten like another, like a season of something by now uh, of some spinoff thing. Cause I think just people just hated that ending so much that it just kind of like killed it for a while. I think it will be back in some form, but it is like not nearly as hyped and probably will not ne- have nearly like the fit, like the base that it would have. I think they just pretty much just like cut off so much of like the base of their viewers with that ending that I really don't know anything about, but it's bad. So. Yeah. Um, so without getting too into it, because this is a, a conversation that could go on for hours, um, but the ending of Game of Thrones, I think it really cannot be understated how much kind of damage that did to the brand. Um, because I actually don't think the ending was all that bad. It certainly wasn't great, um, but it was disappointing. It was just wasn't at all what anyone was looking for. Um, and just as time's gone on, has gotten worse the more you think about it and now nobody talks about game of thrones anymore um so it'll be interesting to see once these shows are starting to roll out and we're getting trailers and they're premiering how successful they are will people come back to this franchise or not um i i'll definitely check it out out of curiosity's sake but it's not something i'm dying to see um and if that and i was like once upon a time like a diehard game of thrones fan like it was undoubtedly my favorite show um and i would watch it every week like the mo- like live like one once once it aired um but yeah so we'll, we'll see but i guess from there we'll, we'll jump into our main topic for the week um so our main topic for the week uh dave and i are gonna kind of do a a, di- a deep dive uh into comic book movie te- or comic book television comic uh, book movie television yeah comic book movie television um so we're just gonna kind of go through uh the 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 history of of comic book and superhero tv uh ranging from the the earliest stuff such as superman and batman all the way to what we can expect to come from marvel and dc on disney max uh disney max disney plus and hbo max respectively um so i guess uh i'll i'll throw it to you dave um since we're starting with uh just like early early years um superhero tv shows I have very little exposure to, to early days superhero TV. You have more than I do. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hand this to you. Yeah, so just really quick, quickly, I just wanted to give homage to uh, some of the uh, very, very early uh, superhero um, TV shows. Uh, first of all, first off, there was the Adventures of, Adventures of Superman from the 1950s. I believe that was 1952 to 1958. Um, I've seen like a little bit of it. Um, cause my dad, I think just like saw like reruns of it, um, when he was a kid. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's a 
it's about what you would expect a Superman show to be in the 50s. It's very, very much like, well, I, I think like his slogan is in that is tr- it, truth, justice in the American way. And he's just like flying through, he just, he'll punch through a wall and he'll like just shake a bad guy a little bit and then they'll be like, ah, I'd run away <laughs> and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's very campy and fun. Um, and yeah, I don't have too much else to say about it. Uh, I've seen literally every episode of 1960s Batman um the th- which is wild it is so wild how have, have you seen like i've seen a few episodes here and there i was more so saying it's wild that you've actually watched that entire series yes i have um and yeah it's delightful man like it's like bad i mean like some of it honestly isn't even bad like there's like some like legitimately good episodes that aren't like good in any sort of like really dramatic way but they're just like really well done i think a lot of the villain performances are like legitimately great in that show like they just they ham it up they're having a great great time um burgess meredith as penguin is i think the best version of penguin we've seen in my opinion um the uh, frank gorshin plays the riddler and he's really really good um yeah it's just it is a just a delightful time um just like if you just want to like turn on something that's really dumb but really entertaining like any episode of 1960s batman is just gonna like put a smile on your face um there's actually this really good documentary uh, i watched when i was back home it's called like it's, it's it's like starring adam west and it's just about like adam west who played batman in that and like his life and his experience doing that show and that was really interesting um, but yeah, uh, the next one is the green was, before, oh, before no, we move go, on to the next ahead. one. I wanted to ask if you have seen the, uh, the Batman 66 animated movie, um, came out in 2016, I believe. Um, yes. I, yes. Um, there are actually two of those animated movies. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they brought back, um, all of the original, well, a lot of them had passed away at this time, but they got Adam West, um, Burt Ward, who was Robin, uh, Julie Newmar, who is Catwoman. I think that's it. Um, but yeah, they like brought them back and did like an animated movie like set in that universe um, where they're just having another fun adventure. And it, it's, if it, it's for the, that move, the first one is really good. <laughs> like it's really like meta and super weird and just like, they just like play into the campiness of it. Uh, and the second one, um, William Shatner voices two-face as the villain <laughs> wow um so yeah it's just just two just two very hammy actors hamming it up and it was it was a very good time um but yeah then there's uh, the green hornet which is technically set in the same universe as 1960s batman because there's an episode of batman where the green hornet shows up so i'm pretty sure that is the earliest the first like superhero crossover media thing probably ever like besides comics i um, never saw this movie but do you remember like back in like 2009 or something when there was a green hornet movie yep. starring like seth rogan i think yes was that any good um i haven't seen it my parents had seen it and said it was fine um it did not get very good reviews <laughs> um but yeah that's based on that which is based on like there was like a 1930s like radio serial i think is what that character was but yeah that's pretty fun and then there's there's like the 1970s wonder woman and i think this is also in the 70s the incredible hulk I have not seen like any of those, but I just thought they were worth mentioning because I think those are like just like the most famous ones of that era. Yeah, so. um, and I haven't I haven't seen uh, 
any episodes from any, any of those. Um, I have seen bits of the Incredible Hulk series that have like Thor showing up and like various what? other Marvel characters. I didn't know that yeah, that I think Thor, Thor shows up in an episode and it's just as seventies as you would expect. Incredible. Um, but yeah, just it's it's fun and it's interesting looking back at these shows um, that existed in a world where superheroes weren't the the cultural phenomenon that they currently are. Like these shows were kind of just made uh to to be fun and to appeal to the people that thought comic books were interesting um but like they weren't i think batman was pretty successful but like the rest of them yeah weren't. i mean like it there are only like two seasons of batman that are good and like the third is very bad um like relatively <laughs> but like those two seasons it was like the biggest thing and like like the, um they had this thing where whenever Batman and Robin are walking up a wall, um, they have like celebrities like pop out of windows and like say hello <laughs> to them. I can't think of like any specifically off the top of my head, but like Frank Sinatra like wanted to be on the show and they like they just like didn't get around to him yeah. because of like how much demand there was like to be in the window of a Batman episode. Yeah, it's interesting because like obviously like superheroes are all over the place nowadays, but. Uh, to a lot of people, like, these were the introductions to these characters. Like, Adam yep. West's Batman, to a lot of people, was the first Batman. Yes. Um, and in that documentary, I mentioned, like, a lot of people now, that's, like, their definitive Batman. And they're like, any other Batman is bad. Which, like, is that that's such, like, a wild mindset to me. <laughs> but, yeah. The only good Batman was Adam West. Was Adam West. <laughs> Listen, man, he's the most different <laughs> of them. So, if you're looking for a unique Batman that no one will ever do again... He's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess from there, uh, we will move into starting to get into, like, the modern age of superhero TV shows. Um, and this almost is entirely based around the CW. Um, so the the biggest kind of uh, superhero show of the, of the 21st century, um, like, at the time was Smallville. Um, so I haven't, I haven't actually watched Smallville. Um, Dave is shaking his head, so he is not either. Nope. Um, but I think we were both aware of like how big the show yeah. was. It like ran for a it ran for like seven time. or eight seasons like or something. 10. Or yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like even like before I was into superheroes, like before I had started watching uh, all these uh, Marvel movies and DC movies and DC shows, like I was aware of Smallville and I was aware of how popular the show was. And I think Smallville. Um, has a lot of, I think a lot of uh, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it definitely has a cult following now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. Also, I, I, was, I think that Smallville kind of like kickstarted mm -hmm. kind of a lot of the modern superhero age. Like this Smallville kind of re revitalized kind of this genre a bit. Um, Obviously, there were still some superhero movies coming out in that time, but, like, they were mostly bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Smallville might be bad at times. I've seen some scenes from Smallville that are pretty terrible, um, but, like, you can't understate, like, the, the effect that it had generally. Um, yep. But then moving on from there, uh, the first uh, CW superhero show that I ever watched was Arrow, um, which Arrow... I, I hopped off the Arrow train a few years back, so I, I haven't finished the series because I think it kind of just went off the rails in, like, seasons three and four. Um, but I, I started on Arrow 
uh, with season two. Uh, I went and got caught up on the entire first season, started watching season two week to week, um, and I loved the show. Um, it was, I think, seasons one and two of Arrow are genuinely really good. Yep, are really really great superhero TV. Yep, um, and I think Stephen Amell uh, as as the Green Arrow, as Oliver Queen, is fantastic. Um, and season three, even though. It's not as good as those first two seasons. Pretty good. It's still pretty good. I feel like season three, they kind of just made the character into Batman, and they brought Ra's al Ghul in as the villain. Yeah, yeah. But it was still really good and really interesting uh, week-to-week TV, especially at a time in which we weren't getting a lot of DC content. Um, like, Arrow like was very satisfying, um, satisfying week-to-week, and it kind of filled that void a bit For as sure. DC was kind of figuring out what they wanted to do with their movies. Yeah. Um, and then, so I'll, I'll throw it to you about Arrow. Uh, how much of Arrow have you watched? Um, yeah. And just generally, what do you think of it? I've watched most of Arrow. Um, yeah, I agree. First two seasons are great. Third season is pretty good. The fourth season is absolute garbage um i think like damien dark's the villain in that oh, yeah. it's really not good yeah. there's something he's like he's like i'm building a bunker made of corn or something yeah and, like i want to blow up everything i don't know that was just like very bad um the fifth season's really good that's like prometheus um and they go back to the island and they like bring like the island flashbacks like full circle yeah i think and, season five was the last one i watched all yep, the way through yep I, same and then i think there's eight seasons of it maybe six seven and eight very hidden mitts for me i've seen like good chunks of season eight because i just went back and like watched um the stuff when they did crisis on infinite Earths, and like the season eight of arrow is very much like setting up like the big crossover that and that ends arrow um and it's fine um but yeah i think yeah those first two seasons that was like my gateway drug into just like super, being a superhero fan in general. Um, just like, yeah, really into those first two seasons. I think with those seasons, it had no, like it, it, it did not have to set up any other shows. This was before the flash had come out. It was, it could just like do its own thing and exist in its own universe and just be like a really, a really good and gritty like crime drama. And I, then I think once they started expanding the Arrowverse on the CW, it just, like, it kind of just collapsed under the weight of, like, trying to set up everything. Because, like, everything was just, like, set up through Arrow. And, like, I think once they introduced, like, superpowers into this universe, it got less interesting. Because it was, like, why would you fight someone with superpowers with, like, a guy with an arrow? You know, like, yeah. it, it just didn't feel as grounded as the, I think those first two seasons did. Um but yeah, I, I have such a just nostalgic uh, uh, sweet spot for that those first two seasons. Yeah, I, yeah, I do, I, I do as well. Um, but yeah, you had mentioned uh, the Flash. So the Flash was the first um, spinoff to come out of Arrow, um, and I remember they introduced the character in like the mid season finale of season two, I think. Of Arrow, yeah. Yeah, of Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then season one of the Flash started airing around the same time of season three of Arrow. Yep. Um, and I genuinely think that season one of the flash is great. Yep. I, uh, I think, I think it's really, really good. Um, I have it on Blu-ray actually. Um, <laughs> nice. and I think season two was not as good, but still like really interesting. Yeah. Is zoom. Uh, yeah. Zoom yeah. was the villain in the second season. And like, he wasn't like a great villain, but he was, um, fine. But he was interesting. And they season two, they introduced a lot of like 
deeper lore into that show yeah. like that's when they brought in like Jake Eric and like just introduced the idea of kind of like a speedster multiverse type thing yep uh, I thought that was really interesting definitely um, and I think season three was the last one I watched of the flash I um, think so too isn't that the one where it's like I guess spoilers it's like it's him from the past yeah who is the villain or something yeah or yeah. no it's him like it's a future version of him yeah. that like came back to like stop him from doing something. I don't know. It was weird and complicated. Yeah, it did not really make, make sense. Any sense. And I like he was that. like he came back in a weird like big metal suit yep. or something. Yeah, and it was like who's this big metal suited speedster? And he's and like then, it's like, me. Yeah, like it opened up like the big reveals yeah. like it opened up and it was just like him on the inside but he like was scarred or something. And wasn't he like his goal was to like kill Iris? Yeah, I think so. It didn't make any sense. It yeah. Was, it did not make any sense I, at all. I do think that there were some good moments to come out of season three, though. Yes. I think the best, like, episode of season three, I think it was, like, the mid-season finale or something, but it was the musical episode they did. Yeah, with that Supergirl. was pretty um, good. That was, I loved that episode. Yes. Um, I think the music in that episode was way better than it had any business yeah, being. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, it was fun. But, yeah. Um, I so, think... Similarly to Arrow, that show, once other shows started coming in, it just became too convoluted and too many characters and, like, magic and aliens. And also, I think having a convincing enemy for The Flash is really hard because either it's a speedster, which they did for the first three seasons, and that gets boring when it's just, like, a speedster who he has to be as fast as like that's like pretty much like what he has to do and then like once they didn't do that it was like the thinker and he's like it's the fastest brain alive versus the fastest man alive and like that's dumb and i have no idea what they're doing now like i've yeah, maybe i did watch back. a little bit of season four because i remember uh the thinker and everything I, I, I saw some of it and then i honestly have no idea what's happening on that show now yeah i think yeah, I think I stopped watching it about the time I came to college. Like, my freshman yeah. year of college was both because I didn't have TV here and I just kind of lost interest. Um, but, yeah, they actually uh, – season seven uh, of this show is premiering uh, in a month. Um, yeah, because it got pushed back with yeah. COVID stuff. Um, and they, I think they just released a trailer for it, like, this morning or nice. something. Um, and I saw one article that said that it was kind of teasing that it might be the last season um but i don't think that's been officially announced or anything uh, i'm kind of surprised it's gone this long um but yeah like even though i haven't kept up with the flash i think this show will always hold a soft spot in my Definitely. Uh, soft agree. place in my heart or uh, so, yeah you know what i'm trying to say yep um just because like this show like single-handedly made like the flash my favorite superhero yeah like for when that show was good i was super into the flash oh, yeah. like 100 percent um, um yeah uh, so do you want to just kind of jump through some of these other CW yeah, shows? Yeah. So there was Legends of about. Tomorrow. I didn't watch much of that. I watched was, some of that and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's Supergirl. Uh, I watched the first two seasons of that. Um, I think the first season, once you got like halfway through it, it was actually pretty good. Like the, the second half of the first season was pretty solid. Um, but second season was okay. Um, and then I stopped watching. Uh, I kind of stopped watching all of these right around the same time. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's Black Lightning. Uh, I didn't watch any of that. I heard that was actually really good. Um, yeah. It, it's the last season is at come like this year. Like it, it does not have had a very long run. But I've, yeah, I've heard it's good. Um, and there's a new show coming out soon called Superman and Lois. Uh, that uh, deals with uh, Tyler Hecklin's version of Superman. I actually really like him as Superman. I do too. Uh, yeah. That's the version that was introduced in the Supergirl show 
Um, and then there's other DC shows like Stargirl. Haven't watched that. I think that's upcoming, isn't it? Or has that I premiered? It, I think it came out. I think it came out, but I don't know. Yeah, all I know yeah. is I think Jeff Johns is involved with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, then you mentioned Batwoman as well. Oh yeah, I skipped over Batwoman. Batwoman as well. I haven't watched much. Of, I haven't watched any of that. Um, I watched one episode and it was bad. So, yeah. yeah. I, I know that uh, they reca- they recasted the the lead role from season one to two. Yep. Um, and I think season two is premiering here soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, there's still a couple other DC shows we'll talk about here. Uh, but that kind of encompasses like what's generally known as the Arrowverse yep. uh, as a whole. Um, I think the Arrowverse started out really strong, mm-hmm. and then I think it just kind of spread itself too thin. Yeah. Um, and at that same time, people just started paying more attention to yeah. bigger budget movies. I think it's interesting that they're still like I, they're definitely winding down the Arrowverse because they they have HBO Max. They can put more of their mainstream stuff on there. But it seems you know that they're doing the Superman and Lois show. Like there still are like five shows that are active right now on there. I think that's interesting. I kind of would think that they just would kind of stop this and just like move it all to HBO Max. But I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure the CW just gets almost all of its viewership from these shows. Um, So I'm sure they are willing to pay a lot of money to to develop these. Um, Especially now that Supernatural is done. Yep. That was their cash cow for a thousand years. Was it like 15 15 seasons? seasons, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so the other uh, two t- uh, DC TV shows we want to mention are uh, Gotham, which I watched the first like season or so of that. David watched all of that, uh, correct? And I, it pains me <laughs> that I have. Yeah, that show, that show just really frustrates me because it showed such promise and like there was so many like every season when I was like really getting into it and I was like this is good and I like this. They just did something really dumb that made me mad, and then I just didn't like it. And, like, that was just the entire show. Like, I think, yeah, I really like Ben McKenzie as Jim Gordon. I think I think pretty much all of the, like, performances are really good. Uh, Bruce, the, the, the kid who played Bruce, once he, like, grew up, he got annoying as hell. He was so <laughs> annoying. Like, they, they, he went through, like, an angsty Bruce Wayne phase where Ooh. he, like, was like, I hate you, Alfred. And it was like, this stinks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff about that show. But, like, all of the bad stuff just, like, sticks out in my mind. And it also ends really badly because they, like, the last episode, they, like, jump five years in the future. And then they have this, like terrible like batman suit that they like put on him at the end that just looks like garbage um and yeah it's just i think i will always always be a little bit nostalgic for that show as well um also cameron monaghan as the joker as like the quote-unquote the joker in that show is really really good they also screw up that character just completely but yeah Gotham, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really frustrating, but it's fine, I guess. It's a notoriously frustrating show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and Gotham, I feel like Gotham. Uh, we'll talk about Agents of Shield a little bit, but Gotham, Agents and Shield, uh, the Arrowverse, like all of those started like right around the same time. Yeah. Um. So like yeah. there was a point in time in which I was like trying to juggle watching all of these shows. Yeah. I think I was in like middle school or something. Um, and it was, it was quite the time to be alive. 
Um, but yeah, and so there's also Pennyworth, which is a an Alfred show. I don't. It's very... on. It's on Epics. I don't know why that's happening, but it, it's apparently it's good from what I've heard. But I'll never see it because yeah. I don't know what Epics it's is not or where I can get a it. show I care about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there's also shows on DC's uh, former streaming service, DC Universe. Um, but we'll talk about those shows in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for the time being, we're going to jump over to the Marvel side of things, see yep. what Marvel was doing uh, in the pre-Disney Plus days. So over the past, from like roughly, what was it, 2012 to like, I don't know, last year or something like that. Yeah. Um, so there was uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which uh, I, we mentioned a little bit ago. Um, this show was kind of like, advertised as being like the tie-in show to to the avengers because i think it premiered like a few months after the first avengers movie came out um if i, I remember correctly think it was a little bit after that because the ending arc of the first season was at the same time as the winter soldier because okay. the big thing in that first season was tying it in with like the hydra reveal at the same time and like shield is actually hydra and all that yeah um and that was good. Like, I remember liking that a lot. But then, like, those connections just got, like, more and more loose. And they're like, we're just cleaning up stuff from Thor the Dark World, I guess, on this episode. <laughs> like, like, there's, like, just an episode where they're like, we're in London. And we're just, throw, the events of Thor the Dark World just happened. But, like, yeah. that's, I don't know. Like, and then, like, they try to bring Inhumans on the show, which, like, was kind of weird, which we'll get into Inhumans. Um, yeah, I dropped off that show after like the first or second season i've like the middle seasons of that show have like a really big like cult status for like a lot of people like it's apparently really good but like no one watched it including me and i and like i was planning on going back to watch it but there's so much of it because it's on abc yeah there's like 23 episodes a season like i'm not is agents of shield on disney plus i think so as far as i know yeah Yeah. it would make sense if it was yeah yeah um but then there's uh you had mentioned inhumans uh so they introduced like Inhumans as a concept in Agents of Shield, and yep. then it got its own show uh, that was also on ABC and like premiered also in IMAX. The first two or three episodes premiered in IMAX and were completely unequipped to do so, so it just looked like crap, like it looked like <laughs> garbage on a massive screen. Yeah, um, and I've heard nothing but terrible things about the Inhuman show. I think it was like what six episodes or something like yeah. that. Um, and apparently it was just god awful. I think before Disney bought Fox, they were like, we can do the X-Men kind of by mid just doing the Inhumans. Cause the Inhumans are pretty much just discount X-Men kind of things yeah. where it's like their powers are unlocked by their genes or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that sucks apparently. So yeah. And then the last of like this little like corner of the Marvel universe that like is was piggy- on ABC. Yeah. yeah. Um, is agent Carter, which I've heard really good things about. I haven't watched this show. Um, it's not a show that I would like be against going back and watching sometime. Cause I think it's only like one or two seasons or something. Yeah, I think it's two. I watched all of the first season. I think I watched most of that first season. I don't remember anything about it, but it's like, it's agent Carter and the guy who is, like like Jarvis, like the guy who influences what Jarvis is. Yeah. Like it's like Howard Stark's assistant or something. So yeah. yeah. Um, so that exists. Um, but now we'll get into the the Marvel Netflix series. Um, so the Marvel Netflix series certainly had just like it seems like all of these <laughs> yeah. uh, all of these shows so far definitely had a had a heyday, had a high point early on, and then quickly just went downhill. Yep. Um, 
Marvel Netflix series, the high point was Daredevil. Yep. Daredevil. I remember when they announced the show, it was very exciting. This like this show, Daredevil, is the reason I got Netflix. Like <laughs> nice. I got Netflix like three months before the show premiered, um, just because I was so excited for it and it looked so good. And the first season of Daredevil is fantastic. Yep. Like I think like if this was part of the MCU, it would be incredible. Like it would be one of like the top. Like I would put it in like top ten Marvel like Marvel MCU things. things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think even the second season of Daredevil was fantastic. Um, and I never got around to watching season three, heard pretty, pretty okay things about it. Um, but I really enjoyed the first two seasons. Um, I'm just going to go through all of these and yep. then we could talk about the Marvel Netflix stuff as a whole. Um, then there's also Jessica Jones. I watched the first season of that. First it's season a, of that's really good. Yeah, I agree. But I've heard literally nothing about the last two seasons so, yeah is yeah. there a third season there's a third season i didn't even it was know the last of these things to come out it was the last to be canceled because they didn't cancel it before it came out like everything else had been canceled and they're like they dropped it and canceled it that day <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i remember watching the first season of jessica jones really enjoying that i remember uh i don't remember the actor's name but the guy that played the villain david Tennant. david Tennant was fantastic as the villain yep. in season one of jessica all Jones. of these shows have really good core villains yeah yeah except um, iron fist and yeah. <laughs> uh i remember i watched uh first season of luke cage as well yeah, pretty good um yeah that was really good uh the first half of that season mahershala ali plays the villain and he was so good and, and then they just kill him yeah for no he's reason just gone and they replace him with like some random other villain that like says he's Luke Cage's brother. Yeah, I think. and isn't like Alfred Woodard also yeah. one of the villains? Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, that was really before like that was like right before Mahershala Ali was like really famous. So I think they just like didn't realize what they had yeah. <laughs> in like getting him to be the villain for that yeah. show because he was great. And then they just kill him. What for was no the reason. first like big thing Mahershala Ali was in that wasn't uh, that wasn't Luke Cage? Was it wasn't Moonlight? Moonlight, that yeah. was it. Yeah, because Moonlight came out like a few months after Luke Cage did. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly Mahershala Ali was a big name because he won an Oscar for Moonlight. Yep. Um, and obviously he continues to be a big name and will be playing Blade now, uh, which is very exciting. Um, but I think the second half of the first season of Luke Cage kind of really turned me off to this, just the Netflix series as a whole, like the Marvel Netflix shows. Just because I think... Like, there had been, like, little bits here and there that had kind of, like, said that they didn't really know where they were going with this. Um, and then, so, after the second, uh, the after the first season of Luke Cage, I just, like, cold turkey, stopped watching all of this. Um, didn't watch season two of Jessica Jones. Didn't watch season two of Luke Cage. Didn't watch season three of Daredevil. Never watched Iron Fist, just because I heard it was really, really bad. Yeah. I think, like, I had considered watching Iron Fist, but, like, wasn't super on board with it because I was let down by the last, by the ending of Luke Cage. Um, and then when it got awful reviews, I just kind of was like, no, I'm not, I'm just not going to do this. Um, there's The Punisher Show, which I've heard is very good. Yeah. I've heard that's, like, uh, Daredevil level good, which makes sense considering the sh the character was introduced in Daredevil, and John Bernthal is so good in the role. Yep. Um, and then it all built to uh, their Defenders show, which I also heard was not very good. Did you not see that? I, ne I never watched it. I just kind of, at that point, yeah. I had lost all interest. That was around the point after that came out, and it was just, like, fine. That's where I was like, I don't need to watch any of the rest of this, like... I had seen, I think, everything that had come before that for all of these shows, maybe. I don't remember the exact order of when Jessica Jones and Luke Cage came out. Um, but yeah, I just watched like one episode of Iron Fist because I heard it was bad. Um, 
But yeah, the Defenders is fine. Like, I think there's some good stuff in there. For some reason, with all of these shows, they insisted on making the ep- the seasons 13 episodes long. And I think that's a big reason why, in the long run, these shows did not work very well because they were just... And I think Daredevil paces itself the best, but they're all just like a little bit too long. Like all the seasons, like even when they're really good, I'm like, you could have just done this in like a shorter amount of time, I feel. Could have done like eight episodes. Yeah, but The Defenders does eight episodes. And it's just like not good. And it feels like rushed and weird. And uh, Sigourney Weaver's the villain in The Defenders. And they just kill her too in like the fifth episode. And then it's like, spoilers, Elektra becomes the villain. Um, And then she she and uh, Daredevil, they like, so real quick, like the... The plot of the Defenders is like so. You know, season two Daredevil, they're like setting up like the Hand, which is like the secret organization. Like yeah. they want to do something in New York. So what their big plan is? They're like, there are these dinosaur bones underneath the city, underneath Manhattan, that are holding up the foundation of Manhattan. And so these dinosaur bones give us some magical elixir that keep us immortal. So we want to harvest these dinosaur bones and take them and make our magic potion or whatever. And then that'll make the city of Manhattan collapse. It was like, what? Like, you're not going to explain that more? And they just don't. And also, like, if the city of Manhattan was going to collapse, like, that would be, like, an Avengers-level threat. Like, they would be there. Like, if this is all in the same universe, which it's supposed to be, it doesn't make any sense (laughs) that, like, these just, like, three, four vaguely superpowered people would be dealing with this. So, yeah, that show was, it just, like, just, yeah. It was fine. I, I... once they killed Zagorny Weaver, it's not very good, but... Yeah. Yeah. The Marvel Netflix shows, just as a whole, are kind of billed as, like, a street-level, kind of, like, darker superhero yep. uh, take on the MCU, which, when it works, it was fantastic. Again, season one and two of Daredevil were were genuinely great. Yeah. Uh, I think Charlie Cox as Daredevil is fantastic, and yep. there's a reason that people, like, of, of anything here, people want him to come back to the MCU. Like, you can leave the rest of it, just bring him. Yep. Um, and... So yeah, like I hope they bring him, um, but I think it's with with Disney Plus uh, and all these shows moving forward. Uh, I think it's it's time to leave the Marvel Netflix shows in in the past. Yep, I agree. Um, and yeah, just real quick, uh, other Marvel shows that exist uh, on not Freeform them, or yeah. Hulu or whatever. Uh, there's Legion, which I've heard is really I really Legion's good. really great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's The Gifted, which I know nothing about. There's The Runaways, which I also know nothing about, and Cloak and Dagger, which I remember hearing a little bit about, but not much. Nobody cares about those shows. Nope. So, moving on. Uh, So, we're we're officially at a point in which... So, there's current and upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe shows on Disney+, and there's current and upcoming DC shows on HBO Max. Uh, We'll dive into both of those, but real quick... We want to talk about. We want to mention the boys, just because it doesn't really fit into either of those camps. And the boys is so good. Boys is great. Yeah, uh, we we have. So David watched the first two seasons of the boys. Uh, well, in, you watched the, the fall. yeah in the yeah. fall, um, and I I just got on those first two seasons uh, over winter break, um, so it's pretty fresh. Um, they just started shooting th- season three like within the past couple of days, and yeah, the boys is fantastic it's one of the most violent shows i've ever seen um and it's so absurd but it's a really interesting show and it's really interesting how it takes like the idea of superheroes uh and puts it into like a very very realistic uh universe 
Um, so yeah, The Boys. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's also Watchmen. I've uh, heard Watchmen is great. Yeah, I've heard also very, very good things about Watchmen. It's only like one season on HBO, I think, yeah. right now. And I think I don't think they're doing more of it. Yeah, I think, I think just, it's just yeah. kind of a one-off thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, neither of us have watched that. I haven't seen... I haven't actually consumed any Watchmen material. Me haven't neither. seen the movie, haven't nope. read the comic. Nope, just nothing. Nothing. Um, so yeah, I guess if you're interested in that, check out Watchmen. But yeah, so... Just because we've we've gone like a little a little long here, uh, so we'll we'll try and go through this stuff fairly quickly. But yeah, so Disney Plus, we already talked about WandaVision off the top. Uh, this is the first uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney Plus show of many, so many. Um, yeah, and all the ones we're going to talk about here have all been announced for like the next two or three years. Like this isn't like for the rest of the decade or anything. This is like coming up very soon. Um, so in March, we're going to have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I believe that'll be six episodes. Um, in May, we're going to have Loki, uh, which I believe will also be six episodes. Uh, in July, we'll have What If, which is uh, an animated series that's just kind of like an Elseworlds Marvel Cinematic Universe story. What if Captain America was a zombie? Yeah. What if Captain America was Peggy Carter, actually? Kind of yeah. What if, like, T'Challa was Star-Lord? Yep. Like, Yeah. Um, which I, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, then Miss Marvel comes out this fall, uh, and Hawkeye also comes out this fall. So those first five shows are all this year. Um, so Marvel, we're basically between these and the Marvel movies coming to theaters this year, which there's like three or four, I think. Uh, we're basically going to have new Marvel content every week for the rest of the year, which is kind of really exciting. But yeah. also I feel like, to the to the average Marvel fan, the average moviegoer, that could get really tiring. So we'll see we'll see how this works out. As long as it's great content, it's great content. Yep. Um, so yeah, as as far as other Marvel Disney Plus shows go, uh, there's Moon Knight starring Oscar Isaac. Uh, there's She Hulk starring Tatiana Maslany. Uh, there's a Secret Invasion show that's going to have Nick Fury and uh, Talos coming back. That's uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn from uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, there's going to be an Ironheart show. Uh, which I don't remember the name of the actress they cast for the Ironheart show, but that is, that is coming. Uh, there's also, speaking of like just an Iron Man corner of the universe, there's going to be an Armor Wars show uh, that has Don Cheadle coming back as Rhodey. Um, and then, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, they just announced a Wakanda show with uh, Ryan Coogler coming in for that. So yeah, lots of actual core Marvel Cinematic Universe shows coming up here in the next couple of years. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. What do you what are your general thoughts on all this, Dave? Yeah, just like looking at this list, like there's really nothing I'm not intrigued by. Like I think all of these are, yeah, could, can be really good and um, is something that I'm interested in seeing. I think like like Armor Wars, I'm not I'm like okay, like a roadie adventure could be fine, but like I'm not super excited about that. And yeah, besides that, I mean, I think everything else feels, like, really new and fresh, or it's, like, a character that we've already seen, but it, they're in a different situation, and I'm excited to see kind of that. Like, I'm really excited to see what Loki turns out to be. Um, and, yeah, all the stuff with... I'm, I, I love Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. I think that'll be really cool. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's interesting how they're going to be using these shows to kind of, like, introduce new heroes into the MCU. Like, they've got Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Ironheart, uh, all these characters that we have had literally zero exposure to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and these shows will be their introductions um, until they get tied into the, the 
because they they will be showing up in the the actual core Marvel films uh, beyond these shows, which I just think is really exciting. Like these shows are as as important a part of the MCU as your average MCU movie is, yep. um, which I think is a really interesting approach to go. Definitely. Um, moving on to DC with HBO Max, uh, real quick we'll mention uh, the shows that started on DC Universe, but then HBO Max launched and DC Universe died. So there's Titans, which I've heard is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think they're shooting season three of that now. Yeah. I uh, heard they, the first season was really good. I've heard not great things about the second season. All I know is that like Robin said uh, the F-bomb in the trailer for that show. And I remember that was a huge deal. Yeah. It was like, F-Batman. F-Batman. And everyone was like, whoa. Yeah. Everyone's like, this is wild. Yeah. Um, and so then there's also Doom Patrol, uh, which I've heard very good things about. Uh, Swamp Thing, which I think Swamp Thing got, like, canceled after the first season. It got canceled after the first episode. But Man. they released, like, they didn't, I, I don't think they finished the season narratively-wise. But I think there were, like, ten episodes in total that they just put out. Yeah. yeah. Which I heard, like, was actually really good. I heard it was good. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I've seen some of the first episode looks like good like uh especially the, like the effect of swamp thing is really really cool yeah and i think swamp thing just as a character is a really interesting character yeah. a really interesting concept um so I, like obviously i haven't watched the show but i'm kind of sad that they canceled it yeah. um then there's also uh the animated harley quinn show which i believe did that premiere on dc universe or is that hbo max <sighs> i think it i think it was dc universe originally and then i think the second season was released on HBO Max. That maybe, would make sense. But I don't remember. Um, so, yeah, those are all the shows that currently exist. Um, then as far as... You should watch Harley Quinn. It's a really good show. Yeah. Um, then as far as upcoming DC shows on HBO Max, um, there's a Green Lantern show, um, which is going to be a part of whatever the DC Cinematic Universe is these days. I feel like Warner Brothers doesn't really even know. They're just kind of making a series of loosely connected movies. Um, speaking of which, there's a Peacemaker show, uh, which Peacemaker is a character that is going to be introduced in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad later this year. Um, the character is played by John Cena and is basically like a really violent, cartoony version of Captain America, I guess, um, which I think seeing John Cena in a role like that would be a ton of fun. Yeah. And I'm excited that they've already announced the show and are like starting shooting the show um, already. So yeah, like it, I think it might even just be out this year yeah yeah um so it's exciting for that um there's going to be a gotham city like police department show which kind of just sounds like gotham except this one is directly tied into the batman uh directed by matt reeves starting starring robert pattinson and it seems to be more about like lower level um people within the gcpd like it's like more of like uh people investigating like special um like 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 special victims and that kind of like like, like yeah. yeah kind of law and order svu but like but gotham it's kind of what like i wanted the gotham show to be when yeah. that started until it got but then that and i think um who's playing commissioner Gordon? uh jeffrey wright I, I think jeffrey wright's going to be like in that show but it's going to be like less about him and more about his like lieutenants and stuff like that so yeah. i think that that could be really cool yeah I'm, I'm interested in that um then there's also a justice league dark show uh which is being produced by jj abrams i believe yeah um we know very little about that show but it's happening i know that like swamp thing and constantine are two characters and like zatanna who's yeah. like a magic person are like 
just Justice League Dark is pretty much just like weird Justice League kind yeah. of thing. Just Justice League, but with like the weird niche, yeah, oddball characters. So it'll be interesting to see if they bring that Swamp Thing in, or if it's just a different Swamp Thing. It probably would be a different Swamp Thing. Um, there's that guy who played Constant. There was like a Constantine show. I, I guess forgot I, about I the guess, Constantine. I, I guess show. we forgot to mention yeah. that. Yeah, there was a Constantine show that got like a cult following, and then that character was brought into the Arrowverse, and I think was was and maybe still is on legends of tomorrow like i think he's one of like the main cast members of that now <laughs> um but yeah you could just get him for that probably not but they yeah could. uh then there's an animated show called dc superhero high which i guess is gonna be superheroes in high school um and it's animated sky high much yeah <laughs> yeah um then there's also an animated aquaman show that's been announced that's actually like a direct tie-in to like jason momoa's aquaman movies oh i um, think i had heard about that but also yeah i don't remember i think this was announced like a few months back and it kind of just went under the radar i think it'll only be like a few episodes i'm not super interested in it yeah. but like it's cool that they're expanding that. And speaking of Aquaman, like I think uh, it came out that Aquaman 2 is like starting shooting this summer. Nice. Um, so that's that's coming down the pipe. Um, and then there's another show called Strange Adventures, which I had not heard that they announced this, but um, I guess Greg Berlanti is involved with it. And it's kind of just a random characters show like it's a it's a show that like each episode will kind of focus on a different b-level dc character it's kind of just like a random stories type thing uh like an anthology show um so i think that could be interesting apparently it's based off of like a similar uh like comic that ran for dc uh for a while and just kind of was random new characters that they wanted to try out um so i think that's interesting yeah um not like dying to see that but that that's it that 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 brings us to our conclusion uh my, i'm starting to lose my voice a little bit here um just just very but, excited talking about comic book tv yeah lots lots of superhero tv out there um but yeah so what before we before we wrap up dave what would you say is your favorite superhero tv show that's that's tough man um i mean i've i Currently, I'm in the middle of a rewatch of Daredevil, and I think it is great. Um, I think it's between Daredevil, Arrow, and The Boys, probably for me. Um, I think, like, the very best, just, like, I think Daredevil has, like, the best moments of any of those shows, so I think I'm going to go with Daredevil. Like, Daredevil at its best, I think, is the best of these shows, so. Yeah, um... I think I'll agree. I think I'll either go with Daredevil or The Boys, um, just because those are both like genuinely great shows. Yeah. Um, but just because it holds such a near and dear place to my heart, I do also want to throw the Flash out there, just because. Yeah, that's fair. I love like Once Upon a Time. Like I absolutely loved that show. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, there's. I'm I'm very excited to see how the future of comic book TV continues see seems how it seems very bright yeah it seems like it's only getting bigger and more populated uh, just as the movies have done um so it could be a bubble that'll pop any year now but i guess there's only one way to find out yep so this has been episode 37 of cinebraskans the Woo. daily nebraskan entertainment podcast yep 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 uh, i've been your host kyle cruz joined by my co-host david berman and yeah thanks for tuning in oh. bye bye <laughs> bye mia bye mia